Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Inclined listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. everyone thank you for checking out the incline i'm kevin klein you can follow me on twitter at klein 25 we got ian in the house and david well welcome guys how about ian you introduce yourself first for those who aren't familiar with the incline what is good guys i'm ian nielsen you can follow me on twitter at ian i-a-n-e nielsen n-i-e-l-s-o-n follow me on twitter um with Dodgers Lowdown and with the Incline, great to be here uh, talking baseball and uh, everything Dodgers. Excellent. Welcome, David. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, yeah, my name is David Rosenthal, as some of you may know. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore the real D Rose, uh, also with Dodgers Lowdown and uh, off the bench baseball. Uh, excited to shell out some grades for the Dodgers players in 2019. Uh, we'll dive into that in uh, just a second. That's right. Make sure to follow Dodgers Lowdown on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can follow the Incline Pod as well on Twitter at the Incline Pod. As David said, we're going to give out some grades. 
of every pretty much every player. There will be a few excluded, like Gavin Lux, because we didn't get much of a sample size, so it wouldn't be fair to grade him. But make sure to subscribe to this show on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or Buzzsprout. So we're going to start with the bottom tier. These are the guys that really did not amount to much with the Dodgers, and we got six of them. And we're going to give you our average grade for each player. So Scott Alexander got a D. JT Chargois got a D. Brock Stewart got an F. Austin Barnes got a D plus. Tyler White, an F. And Jed Jerko, also an F. All right, how about you kick things off, Ian? Any of these names stood out to you for why they were graded so low? Um, well, first off, you said Gavin Lux didn't make it on, which I completely understand. Uh, but I'm still kind of racking my brain trying to figure out how Tyler White makes it on as well. I mean, didn't that dude have like one at bat like in Washington or something? No matter Tyler, what. Tyler yeah. White made the list because he was a trade acquisition, so there was okay. some expectation. He, he yeah. did have 22 at bats and mustered one hit. Oof. Dude, he's making, like, he's pulling a Eugenio Velez for those 2011 Dodger fans. Uh, I'm trying to think of the list. Um, I got to be honest, Austin Barnes at a D plus. I had him rated a little bit higher. I had him as a C minus on the season. He did play good defense. Uh, his offense was atrocious, but after what he did the season before, I didn't have high expectations for him offensively. Uh, Caleb Ferguson um, was another guy I thought would be lower. He wasn't. Um, but no, these names really to me, I mean, these were the worst players on the team essentially all season long. All right, how about you, David? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, White obviously did nothing. Jericho did nothing. Stewart only pitched in a couple games, so it's an easy one. Chargois, you know, he is talented. He's got, you know, he's got the stuff, but it, the numbers just weren't there. Alexander, injury for most of the season. And then Barnes, my rating, I gave him an F, uh, which brought the – average rating down because i believe you guys both gave him a c and a c minus yeah um my explanation for the f is he was essentially an automatic out at the plate every time you take out a week at the beginning of the season and he was hitting under 200 i mean he finished at 203 for the year it was demoralizing to have him come up to the plate the rally killer and you know he he plays good enough defense but to me that just is not enough and you know Pair that with what Smith did. And you saw what Russell Martin did in the playoffs. And even Martin, I think he's 36, you know, put together a much better offensive season than Barnes. You know, he hit 220 and six, uh, 20 RBIs in limited time. So, you know, overall, Barnes, maybe I was a little harsh with the F, but I stand by it. I gave Austin Barnes a C because essentially he's a career backup catcher that was thrown into a starting position role this season. He and Russell Martin were the two catchers to open the season up. And to me, Austin Barnes did well enough behind the plate. Kershaw, Bueller, Maeda, whoever, they all have pretty respectable ERAs when pitching to Austin Barnes. And honestly, the Dodgers were winning with Barnes, without Barnes. He wasn't killing them. That's why I gave him a C. He was just an average player. And I gave Scott Alexander an F because I had high expectations for him coming into the season. I thought he was going to be a legit lefty specialist, especially in the setup role. And he was a disaster. We can move on to the next tier of guys if we're ready. And these are the C's. Making the C cut was Caleb Ferguson, Dylan Floro, Yimi Garcia, Rich Hill, Kenley Jansen, Joe Kelly, who got a C plus, Kike Hernandez got a C plus, Christopher Negron got a C. A.J. Pollock also got a C. 
Um, how about you, David? You kick this one off with any of these names. Yeah, the names that jump out on this list for me are Joe Kelly. Um, I, I gave him a B plus, uh, you know, which aside from his atrocious first two months of the season, he was arguably the Dodgers' best reliever. Um, obviously, you know, he gave up the grand slam in the playoffs that eventually doomed the Dodgers. But overall, I think he had a, you know, a pretty good season that was worthy of me giving him a B plus. And then the other one on that list, well, two other ones I want to talk about. Kenley Jansen, I gave him a straight C. Uh, you know, he was not anything to write home about this year. He was very vulnerable towards the end of the year specifically. Gave up, blew too many saves. Uh, you know, it's just a – that was an easy C for me. You know, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. Uh, and then Pollock, uh, I was actually the highest rated one. I gave him a B- minus, while you both gave him a C-. minus. Uh, you know, I think he, he had a couple good months at the end of the year, but for the contract we gave him and the expectations going into the season, I think it was overall a very disappointing first season for A.J. Pollock and Dodger Blue. How about you, Ian? Any names that you want to talk about? Okay, well, I'll give my opinion. <laughs> Kenley Jansen. I could, I could see the justification for giving him a C. I was a little more lenient giving him a B minus because, you know, I looked at all the closes around Major League Baseball and Kenley Jansen, in my opinion, was still in the top 10. For whatever reason, juice ball, just decline in relief pitching. A lot of teams really had a mediocre bullpen. I mean, you look at the Nationals, they're in the World Series. They had the worst bullpen. Roberto Osuna's blown some saves. We've seen Doolittle blow saves. And at the end of the day, Kenley Jansen still in the upper half of closers. And, yeah, he had a career high in blown saves. But a respectable, in my opinion. Joe Kelly, I was the one who gave him a D. His contract has not worked out. Yeah, he had a good month and a half stretch or whatever it was. But he got hurt. He really underperformed in the first half. I honestly think – he was working so hard to improve his second half that that's what ultimately led to his injury. That's just my conspiracy theory. I think the highlight of his season was dressing up as a taco <laughs> because honestly, anytime Joe Kelly was out there, I really did not feel secure with his lead. This one as far as to like early July, in my opinion and AJ Pollock, who I gave a C minus. There was some expectations for him to be the starting outfielder, and AJ Paul did what he does best, which is get hurt. And I expect that to be a continuous trend for the rest of his career as a Dodger. And I just didn't like what I saw saw at the plate overall. He didn't really mash lefties like we expected. Was really a non-factor against divisional opponents. And I think that's all I got for these guys. So I'm going to pass it on to Ian for what he thinks. Yeah. Um, common word I've heard being thrown around so far is expectations. Um, and expectations are everything in professional sports. It's a big, it's a big way of how I graded on this. I graded on a little bit of a curve. I didn't grade on pure performance. I graded on expectations. Uh, the big name that popped out to me, a uh, couple of them, uh, Kenley Jansen, first of all, got an overall grade of a C had it not been for me would have been rated a little higher. I gave him a D minus on the season. Now I'm Kenley Jansen's biggest critic. I understand it. Uh, he's being paid virtually $17 million a year. You should be automatic for that money to pitch an inning. Come on. 
So Kenley Jansen in my book, just expectations for me are through the roof for that guy, for him to be automatic, and he was far from that. Blew about almost 10 saves, which is completely unacceptable. He blew eight to be exact. Um, so that's my justification for giving him such a low grade. AJ Pollock, I gave him a C minus. Um, the reason I graded him so low, similar thing, expectations. When you bring a dude in for nearly $15 million a season, um, he, he shouldn't be a platoon outfielder. And that's essentially what AJ Pollock is. Uh, when I saw the news that he was coming to LA, uh, I had high expectations for him defensively as a center fielder. He had negative defensive runs saved. He was actually a liability in the outfield, getting pushed over to left field by playoff time. Um, so he did not live up to expectations. Outside of that, Joe Kelly, another guy. I love Joe Kelly. I think he's got a, a bunch of untapped potential. I think he's one of the most raw relief pitchers in the game. The dude's got a ton of skill. Uh, expectations. He was disappointing this season. They gave him $8 million. When you're getting paid $8 million to pitch an inning of relief, you should be better than an ERA that's bordering five. I get that he got off to a rough start. I like him a lot. I didn't include the grand slam in the playoffs into my justification for this, but expectations again, when you're getting paid this kind of money, you got to perform. Right. Yeah. All my grades as well did not factor in the playoffs because then guys would probably be a lot lower. The next yeah. tier of guys are the B's and there's so many of them that will probably do pitchers first, then hitters. So for the pitchers, Pedro Baez, we gave him a B. Tony Gonsolin, we gave him a B. Clayton Kershaw, he got a B. Kent Maeda, B. Dustin May, B. Casey Sadler, B. Ross Stripling, B-, and Julio Urias, B. Um, we'll go to David first. Any of these names you want to talk about for pitchers? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. I, I gave Pedro Baez an A-. Uh, I, I think he was consistently the best reliever on the team this season with Kelly struggling in the beginning of the season and Jansen struggling throughout. I think Pedro was kind of a constant in the bullpen for the most part. He had a couple rough outings post-All-Star break, but for the most part, I think he, he, he did his job, and he, he's really developed his changeup. And I think, you know, coming from where he was – a few years ago, this has been, he's worthy of comeback player of the year award. He won't even come close to getting it or nominated for it, but it's, you know, he's got that type of story. Uh, I also gave Kershaw an A minus based on his consistency, consistency throughout the season. Uh, You know, he had a ton of starts where it was six innings, three runs. And, you know, you talked about expectations. That's about what I expect from Clayton Kershaw, at least this version of Clayton Kershaw. Uh, you know, and, and for the for the young guys, Arias and, and May, I, I gave them Bs. Uh, I think they did all right. A uh, ton of untapped potential. Uh, I think the Dodgers put Dustin May in a couple unfair situations, uh, you know, out of the bullpen or, you know, stuff like that. And Arias, you know, with his suspension and just is he, is he a starter? Is he a reliever? I think he was put in another unfair uh, situation like that. Uh, but I think both of them had solid years, and you know, there's they're going to get a lot better. So I, I I hope to give them A's next year. How about you, Ian? Any pitchers jump out yeah. to you? Yeah. Um, again, expectations. Uh, this is where I had high praise for Tony Gonzalez, Dustin May, and Julio Rios, receiving a B plus, a B plus, and Dustin May's case an A minus. Uh, my reasoning for this is uh, these are young dudes. Urias is not as young, but he's still not making big bucks. Um, he's got his arm in- his ridiculous shoulder injury that he just bounced back from at the end of last season. 
Uh, he is, I believe, one of the best relief pitchers on the Dodgers, if not the most talented. Um, he more than did his role after being asked maybe be a starter, now convert to being out of the pen. Um, despite that awful time, you know, where he um, was under investigation, served a suspension, uh, on the field he performed all season long, did more than what the Dodgers could have asked. Dustin May and Tony Gonzalez, I mean, my hat's off to those two dudes. Dustin May, although at the end of the season his ERA might be above four, take a look at the advanced metrics. His fielding independent pitching FIP is a full run lower than his ERA, above a full run lower. Um, he was just pitching great, um, a lot of movement on his pitches. Tony Gonzalez, I don't think pitched quite as off the charts um, potential-wise as Dustin May, though I didn't expect him to. Uh, he stepped up and pitched very well when he was asked to. Those two dudes came through in big situations. And uh, like David said, Pedro Baez, um, a guy that if we were doing player grades two years ago, I would have given a D. Uh, he got a B in my book or a B minus. He He's evolved himself from scapegoat to cult hero, and it's kind of an inspiring story. And it gives me a lot of hope and dreams for the future for myself. Very nice. <laughs> Pedro Baez was definitely my most hated Dodger for many years, and he's definitely rebounded these last two seasons. Clayton Kershaw, I gave him a B. I didn't think he gave us an A type of season for being paid $31 million a year. He had an ERA over three, which, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like Kershaw pitched as a number three at best for the Dodgers, maybe even arguably a four at times. He gave up way too many home runs. He was pretty good at home, but did have a couple bad outings, especially in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. And then, um, yeah, Dustin May gave him a B minus, I think. I was not as impressed with his off-speed stuff. I still think he has a lot of work to do. He didn't really sell me as a starter yet because he got roughed up a couple times in the sixth inning. Julio Urias probably would have given him a higher rating if he didn't get into that domestic dispute, which cost him about 20 games. So that shows some immaturity off the field. Yeah, other than that, I agree with all you guys. You know, Ross Stripling, you both gave him B minuses. I gave him a C plus. I think he's just slightly better than average. We can move on to hitters now. David Fries, B plus. Russell Martin, B minus. Jock Peterson, B. Edwin Rios, B minus, Corey Seager, B, Will Smith, B plus, and Justin Turner, B. Who wants to go first? I can take this one first. Um, the first name, uh, and I hate to do this to you guys, but um, first offensive player, position player that jumps off and he's the reason he probably didn't have a higher rating is me, Justin Turner. I gave him a C on the season. Um offensively he wasn't much worse than he's been in the past he um showed a little bit of regression i believe at the plate but he was still a very reputable middle of the order hitter um he's very consistent offensively but man he's he's really slowed down defensively a lot um he struggled at third let's be honest if you take a look at the advanced metrics pretty low in the defensive run saved he, he was deep into the negative um he concerns me as a fielder i see him shifting over to first base next season for most of the season um and his offense you know he's he's certainly not progressing at this point in his career he's still a very fine player uh great chemistry clubhouse guy i give him a c on the season he just he struggled too much at third base for me defensively and defense does matter um not maybe not as much as fan graphs thinks but it does matter uh jock peterson guy i gave a b he had a b season he's played his role perfectly 
Corey Seager, I gave a C plus. Um, I really wanted to give Corey Seager like a C minus. Um, but I looked at his metrics. Wasn't much worse offensively than he was uh, two seasons ago. He, he certainly didn't live up to the expectations. But I'm going to give him a little bit of a break. He was coming back off an injury. He played fine defense. Um, he gave us a C-plus season from a guy that we kind of expected to carry the lineup. He didn't, didn't do terrible. And Will Smith, I gave an A-. minus. David Freeze, I gave an A. Just far exceeded whatever expectations they had on the season and probably should have had more chances throughout the season than they did. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll talk about Turner a little bit. I, again, it's the expectations. You know, he's, he's getting a little bit older, and I think, you know, dealing with a lot of injuries, you know, he still put up 27 home runs, hit 290 at the plate, you know, 24 doubles uh, with all the injuries, you know. So he only played in 135 games. Uh, and Seager, you know, Seager's a, a tricky one because I, I want to cut him some slack because, you know, the, he missed all of last season with the injury and, you know, he was just coming back. He, he had a ton of doubles. You know, he had a very consistent season, 272, 19 home runs, 44 doubles, 87 RBIs. So, I, I you know, I gave him a straight-up B. Uh, but, you know, this is going to be – 2020 is a big year for Corey Seager. Uh, you know, he's been one of the most hyped-up Dodgers prospects in a long time. And, you know, he's dealt with injuries, and he's had these, you know, for me, B-grade seasons. Uh, so, you know, if he doesn't take the jump, next year long off season to stay to get healthy and, and you know work on his game then i i think it's a little bit of trouble in paradise on the Corey seager train uh you know there's been rumors of a lindor flip with the indians and you know the indians love to get prospects and not pay their guys so it could be a you know a seager and a jock peterson and a prospect trade uh but you know this is a big year 2020 is a big year for Corey seager and you know i i gave him a b but i i, I expected more to be honest for sure yeah justin turner i gave a b plus i thought he had another awesome season the dodgers are definitely better when he's in the lineup as opposed to him out of the lineup i believe he tied his career high in home runs we could count on him with runners in scoring position he always find, managed to find a way to get on base. Not ready to move on from Justin Turner yet. Give him another season, even if it's at third base for 2020. I don't think his defense is as bad as other people think. Huh. Corey Seager, solid B player. What Corey Seager did after two surgeries and missing nearly an entire campaign and then going on to lead the National League in doubles, that's quite a milestone right there. Not going to factor in the playoffs. That was just one bad series. Corey Seager was one of the hottest hitters down the stretch. And the only thing I'd like to see Corey Seager maybe work on is taking a few more pitches. Yeah. David Freese, solid player. He missed a lot of time, though, with injuries. But he was, you know, a B. Russell Martin, I was the lowest on him. I gave him a C. Guy's just an average catcher at best. I don't think he – outside of catching Hunjin Ryu, he had, like, one walk-off hit during the regular season. And yeah, I mean, Will Smith, I give a B minus just because of that terrible slump at the end and it went on to carry on in the playoffs, not counting that part, but that final month of September was just brutal to watch Will Smith. Final tier. These are the players that we gave an A. There's the about elite. the elites, the, the A players in the 106 win season. We got eight of them. Walker Bueller, A minus. Adam Kolarik, A. Hunjin Ryu, A. Matt Beatty, A-. Cody Bellinger, A+. 
Max Muncy, A minus. Chris, oh, that's a typo. We forgot. <laughs> Chris Taylor. I just saw that one right now. Yeah. Alex Verdugo, A minus, and Chris Taylor's in the C plus range, but we don't need to talk about him anyways because he was kind of boring. Okay. It's true. Pitchers, hitters, the A guys. Uh, David, kick it off. Okay. Uh, well, the obvious A-plus is Cody Bellinger. I mean, he had an all-time season, MVP caliber season. Uh, you know, he hit 305, 47 home runs, 115 RBIs, 34 doubles, and played incredible defense all season. They, they shifted him around from first base to right field, and, you know, he did literally everything you could ask. Uh, it, you know, there's no way he doesn't receive an A-plus grade. Uh, you know, he carried the team and unfortunately didn't get a lot of help uh, in the postseason. Uh, but he was an easy choice for an A, A plus. Uh, and then I gave Walker Bueller a B plus uh, solely because I think his potential is Cy Young caliber. Caliber, you know, he had a, he had a very good year. There's no debating that. You know, he, I think his ERA was in the threes. Yeah, it was three twenty six. And uh, I can see Bueller as a as a two fifty ERA guy. Uh, so I'm leaving, you know, him with room to improve. I think he, you know, he had a very good year, which is wh why you two gave him A minuses. Uh, and Kalerik did literally everything that was asked of him. Lefty specialist, incredible year. And lastly, uh, Hunjin Ryu, Scion caliber season. Uh, this may be his last as a Dodger, but he really left it out all on the field. You know, if it wasn't for three or four rough outings in the middle of the year, uh, he'd be running away with the Cy Young. So I, I was extremely impressed with Ryu and Bellinger. I'd say they were the team MVPs and uh, Muncie, Bueller, and uh, Kalerik also were worthy of A's for me. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm going I'm to go through everyone right now, uh, all the players on this list, excluding Chris Taylor because he's not an A player, obviously. Um, Walker Bueller, I gave him an A-. minus. Because similar to what David said, I see room to improve. But, and I tried my best not to let the postseason factor into this, but guys, is it me or is Walker Bueller just proven that he's the ace of this team? I mean, he's. Oh, yeah, there's no he, doubt. He's the ace of the Dodgers. He is. I'm glad I bought his jersey last year. I mean, dating back to last year, I knew it. I saw it this season. He's got that intensity, he's got that bulldog kind of thing about him. Uh, he steps on the mound, and I feel confident. I feel like we got an alpha dog out there. Uh, Alpha A Walker Bueller, Adam Kalarik A plus. Um, the only A plus I actually well no one of the two A pluses I doled out. Uh, Kalarik literally did his job. He did he he did his job. He was perfect in the role that he was asked to be in. Simple as that. Hyunjin Ryu I gave him an A minus. Um, in reality, his season I think he was a solid pitcher with not so great peripherals and good luck, but he did do his job on the mound. Sans that little four-week or four-start period uh, where one of the games in August they played the Yankees. I think we got – I think Hunjin Ryu was exposed a little bit that he's certainly not an ace. Uh, he's a fine pitcher, fine, fine finesse pitcher, one of the best control pitchers in the league. Uh, had a fine season. He will make a good amount of money in the offseason, though I don't think the Dodgers should pay him big bucks. Matt Beatty an A-. minus. Expectations again. Expectations were literally – how many of you guys had realistically heard of Matt Beatty before this season outside of the hardcore Dodger fans and the Dodger digest type people that know all the prospects. He was not super high up on the list. Cody Bellinger. I gave an a plus because Cody Bellinger 
Um, and I got to be a little sentimental here. Had Maybe it's just because I'm 18 and I'm immature and haven't seen enough Dodger baseball, but he had far and away the greatest season by a Dodgers position player I've ever seen. Um, I've never seen one Dodgers player on the field every day put their team on the back um, on his shoulders like Cody Bellinger did. Um, that was special to watch. Best Dodgers season I've ever seen from one position player. Max Muncy, I gave an A-. minus. I think he's the most underrated offensive player in the league. What stopped me from giving him an A-plus is that he's a sub subpar, very mediocre defender at best. Uh, and Alex Verdugo, the guy that I believe was the difference between us playing in the World Series right now versus the reality of Washington playing in the World Series. Alex Verdugo did his job all season long. Um, he was outstanding. He could play the field. He has an arm. He can hit. And he brings that kind of passion on the field that Yasiel Puig did. And I think it was sorely missed in October. I absolutely agree with you on Verdugo. You know, he is the catalyst. He puts the ball in play, doesn't strike out much, and they really missed him. Yeah. I just want you to know, Ian, so that when you listen back, you'll hear this. You gave the pitcher who claimed the ERA title for the National League in A-. minus. Yes, I did. Because I look at the peripherals. Man, <laughs> I, 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 as much as I love him, I, he was great with – some good luck to go as well, but still put out a fine season and I hope he gets paid a great contract this off season. Yeah. I mean, if he was making Kershaw money, I might be with you, but for the sake that he took the qualifying offer, I think he paid off his value tremendously. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Max Muncy, solid a, I mean, this guy was just a minor league invite two years ago. Here he is making the all-star team a machine when it came to getting on base could hit lefties, could hit righties, join that 30 home run club, just a, a season for me. And, and not to mention on Muncie, they he's developed into quite the second baseman as well. You know, I was, I had my doubts on that, but he's, you know, he's not gold glove at second base, but he's more than capable, capable. He's, he's Service, an above average second baseman. Serviceable, serviceable fielder at second base with an outstanding bat. I'll take it. I'll take it. Absolutely. Walker Bueller, A minus for me. Big reason was that he was not the same pitcher on the road than he was compared to when he was at Dodger Stadium. And I mean, he had a couple bad outings against the Marlins. I thought he, I think he did, if I'm not mistaken, and a couple other bad teams on the road. Just needs to get a little more consistency, but he is the ace of the future for sure heading into 2020. I think that's it. Home debut, Walker Buehler's home debut. I remember uh, being there. He did, uh, he did have a tough time. Um, in that first game, uh, I think if you take away his first couple starts, though, he's he's really in the Cy Young conversation this season. Yeah, he's definitely uh, – he'll finish top ten, no doubt. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that covers all the Dodgers for who we graded out. No need to do anyone else. Feel free to comment on Twitter who you would give gra- your grades out to if there's any players you strongly disagree with. We can move on now to the exciting topic of free agency and trade rumors. So throw out some names. Garrett Cole, Zach Anthony Wheeler. Rendon, Will okay. Smith, the reliever. Okay, well, okay. now say why you want these certain players, and then we'll, we'll discuss. Go ahead, Ian. Um, so – I like Garrett Cole a lot, um, and I mean, if you check my Twitter right now, go check it. I dare you. Uh, I already gave you my Twitter, so I'm not going to say it again. I have Garrett Cole as my header in a Dodgers hat. Um, <laughs> I I would love to see it, 
though I didn't love his last start in the postseason. I mean, the guy's been nails. What was he before that game? He was like 19-0 since like May. I'd love to see Garrett Cole, but I think for a fraction of the cost and for virtually the same level of talent, they can go out and sign Zach Wheeler. Um, Zach Wheeler, don't look at his stats. Don't look at the three-point high GPA or ER, not GPA, yes, ERA. GPA. Never, yeah, it was three-point whatever GPA. Um, and I guarantee you, his 97-mile-an-hour average fastball, he's, got, he's one of the hardest-throwing right-handed pitchers in all of baseball. You put him on an analytical club like the Dodgers, um, they will more than turn his value into that of a second ace behind Walker Buehler in the playoffs. Uh, I also like Jake Odorizzi. He's a little bit more of a control pitcher. He could be a guy I see replacing Ryu. Uh, Ryu's kind of a very finesse control pitcher. I see him leaving. Um, outside of that, I love, uh, similar to David, I'm not going to take his spotlight on this one, but Will Smith. Uh, and I like, dude, Howie Kendrick. Let's just, I like him, okay? He's, he's been a very solid hitter throughout his entire career. Um, I could see him platooning in the outfield. I could see him potentially platooning in the infield, whatever the Dodgers want to do. You sign him to a one- or two-year kind of low-risk deal, he's not going to make much money, but look at what he's done for Washington. He's a veteran hitter, and I think the Dodgers could not be harmed by having a solid right-handed hitter in their lineup or at least on their bench once in a while here and there. All right, let's stick on the topic of Garrett Cole because I have some thoughts, and I'm sure David does as well. I'll go first. Garrett Cole was the pitcher I thought he was. He got his butt <laughs> handed to him in the World Series. Settle down, Dennis Green. At the, <laughs> at the biggest stage when Dodger fans all throughout the first two rounds were saying Garrett Cole would have been the difference maker if we had him on our team. He is not worth a record-breaking contract. Garrett Cole has reached his ceiling. He's only going to get worse with age and years. I mean, he had 326 strikeouts in 2019. He's not going to do better than that. I think he's going to miss his pitching coach big time in, yes. in, in addition to other coaching staff in Houston. Once players come out to L.A., for whatever reason, they seem to revert back to the, their old selves. I don't know if it's the pressure or the L.A. City spotlight, but I took my victory lap on Twitter because Garrett Cole – had his butt handed to him, did worse than Kershaw, did worse than Ryu, did worse than Bueller. Garrett Cole is not the difference maker. The Dodgers need to focus on hitting. I'm with it. All right. Let me dive in here. So, Garrett Cole on the season, 212 innings pitched, 20 and 5, 250 ERA, 326 strikeouts, 48 walks. Led the league in ERA plus, FIP and strikeouts. How can you not want this guy? <laughs> Even if he regresses a little bit, let's go back to 2018. He was 15 and five with a 288 ERA, 200 innings pitched, and 276 strikeouts. Yes, the contract is going to be an issue. It's very uncommon that the Dodgers offer these big contracts. The last and only notable contract they offered was Grinky for, I believe it was five, five years, 150 something million. I, I don't believe the Dodgers will offer Cole a seven-year, $250 million contract. I don't. But if they do, he will come to the Dodgers. He wants to be in California. If it's between the Angels and the Dodgers, he's going to choose the Dodgers. You know, he, he went to UCLA. He grew up in Newport Beach. He's a stud. He's 28. He's an all-star. He's going to win the Cy Young. It's time for the Dodgers to spend money. 
if it nets them one World Series and four years of a terrible contract, it's absolutely worth it. And Cole, you know, I, I can't compare him. I can't allow the, that Zach Wheeler is, is in the same ballpark as Garrett Cole. Yes, he has potential. Yes, I would like the Dodgers to sign him if they don't sign Cole. But Cole is, a cl- is in a class above everyone else, and it's time for the Dodgers to take a chance. Stan Kasten needs to open up his checkbook and just just roll the dice you know he's he's as sure as a gamble as as you're gonna get with someone making 250 million uh you know i'd much rather have them pay cole than anthony rendon yeah um and don't get me wrong i garrett cole i agree with you he is the best pitcher in baseball right now i don't care how he pitched in that last game against wash or yeah against washington i agree he's the best pitcher in baseball um at the moment he had the best season he was absolutely dominant and while, while I still think Zach Wheeler is an outstanding pitcher, I, I, I don't think he's uh, Garrett Cole. Um, and I think Garrett Cole would step in and probably be the number two or maybe number one along with Walker Buehler because Walker Buehler is a home product. So there is some of that, I guess. Um, but I think, yeah, the Dodgers signing him, would well, I think it would be well worth it. Um, and it would certainly be more worth it than Bryce Harper or Manny Machado a year ago. I yes. Think that was certainty. Uh, I don't know why his free agency is not hyped up the way Bryce Harper's was, because I guarantee you wherever Garrett Cole goes, he will live up to the hype and bring far more prosper and be much more successful than Bryce Harper ever is in Philadelphia. I don't know about that, Chief. Yeah, I, my line right there. I, I think Cole fits so well with this Dodgers Dodgers pitching staff because you got Bueller, you got Arias, and you got May, who are probably going to slide into their starting rotation. And then you got Kershaw, you know, on the tail end of his career. He's got two more years. He could be, a, you know, a decent three, four, five starter. But if you put Cole and Bueller at the top with May, Arias, and Kershaw, that's that's on the that's on the level of what the Nationals are this year with with Strasburg, Scherzer, and Corbin. The you problem way animal like that. Animal and Anibal, yes, yes. Tinted sunglasses, Anibal Sanchez. <laughs> 65 mile an hour changeup. I think the problem, and it's not just Dodger fans, I think it's baseball fans in general. They get so enamorated with the big name on the market that they're willing to shell out all this money for guys that aren't even the best postseason pitcher on their team. I mean, we look at the Astros right now. Justin Verlander, I think he has a he's owing his last five or something with an ERA yeah. over five, mm-hmm. he's not carrying that team in any World Series. I mean, I mean, against the Dodgers, it was Charlie Morton, of all people. Okay, but let me stop you there real quick. In the postseason, excluding the World Series start, against Tampa Bay in the ALDS, he was 2-0, 15.2 innings, one earned run. And in the, in the Yankees series, he started once, seven innings, no runs, against the extremely high-powered Yankees offense. So, you know, I, I'm chalking that, uh, that start against Washington – up to Washington being that team of destiny and having guys like Kurt Suzuki and Howie Kendrick come alive. So I, I, it's unfair to judge Cole off one World Series start. And, and if I could chip in real quick, um, when you're a kid – sorry, I'm going to go on a bit of an analogy. I'm not going to try to be too cowherd about it. But um, the L.A. Dodgers have consistently not paid the best player every season. I know we shelled out all that money to Kershaw and Jansen and – Turner well outplayed his contract. I'll give him that. Well outplayed his contract. Um, this has almost got to be an act of rebellion against the fact that they've been such a disaster in the postseason every year. 
I know we made back-to-back World Series, and I still will believe had Walker Buehler been uh, his 2018 self on the 17 team, the LA Dodgers are hoisting the trophy. Um, but this needs to be somewhat of a message to the team and a message to the fans. And I hate to make a big contract be that, but at a certain point, yeah, they're gonna they would be well overpaying Garrett Cole. I, I agree with Kevin, but then I gotta agree with David in the sense that um, yes, he is the biggest name and there needs there needs to be a message that this team needs that wants to win because I don't I don't sense hunger with the Dodgers that they really care to win a World Series. Sorry with to say the ownership it. with the ownership you're talking about with the ownership yeah no not yes. Andrew Friedman I believe Andrew Friedman's doing the best he can with his limited resources yes um, but no I think this needs to be a message to the fans it needs to be a message to uh, baseball and I think it needs to be a message to vote of confidence in Garrett Cole that we're committed to winning a World Series. And if that means overpaying for the best arm out there and potentially giving him four years of, wow, this contract really sucks now. But guess what? If it nets you a World Series for a team that's been so beleaguered, they need to do it. Agreed, 100%. I don't think paying Garrett Cole is going to change the Dodgers' offensive issues whatsoever. I think they need to allocate all that money towards big bats. And there's one guy I want out there, potentially two, Mookie Betts. Or Chris Bryant. Ooh. Chris Bryant. I like that one. They're not trading Chris Bryant. Um, it's getting a little rocky there, so it could happen. But I could yeah, see it. Garrett Cole. I like Lindor too. Garrett Cole is the exciting name that's going to get fans talking. But I don't – I'm not paying pitchers to carry us through the regular season. I'm not paying us pitchers to carry us to the World Series. This happened with you, Darvish. I need a guy who can deliver when it matters. It doesn't have to be the big name. Walker Buehler came out of nowhere. He's one of the best postseason pitchers ever now, and I believe he would do the same thing he did last year in Boston. There are just some guys built for this moment. If we got to sign Cole Hamels this free agency, do it. I like Jake Odorizzi. I think he's a smart target. I really think in 2020 we're going to see a big year from Julio Urias and one of Gonsolin or May. So I just I think the money spent on Cole is really useless. I want to see us trade for a big bat. I want to see us sign Brandon Morrow back. I'm pretty sure the Cubs are going to yeah. decline his option of $12 million. Get him at a good value. Ugh. Will Smith. I love Brandon Morrow, but, man, I don't know. Let me, let me chime in here. Mookie Betts would cost a lot, and then you would have to pay him. So that's a double-edged sword. You'd have to give up prospects, and then you'd have to pay him, what, $150 million? Oh, and this is this is a $300 million. Yeah, and this is a career 227 postseason hitter. He's uh, 20 for 88 in the postseason with one home run and four RBIs. Uh, you know, I just don't I, – I can't get on board with, you know, trading prospects and then having to pay Mookie Betts. I would 100% rather pay Garrett Cole or Anthony Rendon than do that. Yeah, and I, here's my issue. I hate to say this about Mookie Betts. I don't really want to put my faith in a dude who's five foot eight. I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but, like – I, I don't know, like well, Jose Altuve, Altuve was like yeah. a word, dude. <laughs> Altuve, okay, I know Altuve, but I, I don't know. Some about Mookie Betts has never seemed elite to me. He's always Trey, seemed, Trey Turner's pretty short. Jose Altuve is like four foot eight. Yeah, Jose Altuve <laughs> is like me when I was like twelve. I understand that, uh, but uh, I don't know. And maybe, of course, it's there's no there's no reasoning behind this. This doesn't make me sound intelligent. It makes me sound really dumb, if anything, but. There's something about Mookie Betts. I don't know what it is. Um, maybe if they moved him to second base, but he 
he's had that one great season where he won the MVP. He's had another good season where I thought he deserved more MVP consideration. But there's been this belief, and I think it needs to stop, that he's on Mike Trout's level. Uh, he's not on Yelich or Bellinger level. He's a very solid player, and he would not be worth what they would cost. What it would cost to get him. Um, he's one of those guys that just, if you look again at the advanced metrics, um, not quite as great as he 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 does not predict to be as great as some of the seasons he's had. Uh, I, I think I Anthony agree. Rendon would be well well worth that money. Even though he thinks baseball's boring. <laughs> And I don't think Anthony baseball. Rendon's done that good in the playoffs outside of facing the Dodgers, so he might miss beating up on our pitching. Yeah, just like Joe Kelly, right? We thought, oh, cool, we'll yeah. sign the guy who killed us and, yeah, watch Anthony Rendon pull a Pollock. That's exactly what's going to happen. Well, I want to talk about one guy before we finish up here. This is the one guy I want the Dodgers to sign. It's not Garrett Cole. It's not Anthony Rendon. It's Will Smith the closer for the Giants. The Dodgers had a chance to trade for him two years ago, and they didn't. The Giants got him from Milwaukee for a, low, for a mid-level prospect who's since done absolutely nothing. This guy is a shutdown left-handed reliever who, if we had had him this year, could have pitched in the role Clayton Kershaw was tasked to pitch with. He had a 295 ERA this year. Or sorry, he had a 2.76 ERA this year. He had 34 saves and only four blown saves in 65 innings. He's the elite reliever, the elite left-handed reliever the Dodgers have been craving. He, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Jansen. He can close. Uh, Smith can close. He's only 29. You give him a three-year deal in the same ballpark as Joe Kelly, and you got a staple in your bullpen. I don't see a decline in this guy. I see this guy getting better. Uh, this is my dream free agent target. The Dodgers need to sign Will Smith and have the Will Smith to Will Smith connection be real. I'm with it. Will Smith is definitely the logical choice, but I have a feeling we're going to end up with Tony Singrani. Again? Why do I have a feeling the Dodgers are going to just be like, you know what, like, might just screw around and, like, sign Trevor Cahill to a one-year deal, and that's, like, the, <laughs> yeah. that's like the star thing of the offseason. Remember, like, uh, it's, remember like, too real, though. Could be yeah, the no, next it's Blanton. Yeah, no, seriously, not even, dude. He's going to be like, remember when Tom Kohler was our biggest, like, offseason addition that one year? Yeah, I, he didn't, was, I don't think he pitched the game. Yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't pitch in one game. Granted, it's not his fault, but still, it's, that was our big addition. I, I would not be surprised if that happens again. Some other relievers just to throw out there. Chapman can't opt out. Uh, Will Smith, as mentioned. Will Harris, the 35-year-old Astros reliever. Chris Martin, Braves acquisition. Jake Diekman, Brandon Kinsler. Sean Doolittle has a club option, and, uh, of course, Colin McHugh and Joe Smith, Astros relievers, and Jeremy Jeffress might be worth a flyer. Ooh, okay. Uh, quick question for you guys. Actually, I just kind of thought this up just randomly right now. Um, of the free agents, is there one that you guys think maybe um, the Dodgers should kind of try and avoid? Who's your one free agent the Dodgers must avoid? I think we know Kevin's answer. One to try to avoid. Mm. You know, it's probably – I don't have one name. Uh, you know, it's it's tough to put it, you know, on one guy. But I, I think – I'm going to change it. My, my answer is going to be more of a concept. I'm, I'm going to say the Dodgers should avoid trying to pay a, you know, a burnt-out, middle-aged, back-end starter and try to make that work. I, I'm tired – 
you know, of having guys like, like you mentioned, like Tom Kohler, like trying to make guys like Tom Kohler work. I, you know, it's most often than not, it doesn't work. It worked with Morrow. That was an anomaly. It worked with Bland a little bit. But and then, you know, it. look what happened with Morrow after they burned him out. You know, he, he gave his right arm for that Dodgers 2017 playoff run and the Cubs got like four, four innings out of him in two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, my top answer, the obvious, is going to be Garrett Cole. I'd rather sign Madison Bumgarner before we waste all that money on Garrett Cole, who's trash in the World Series, unlike Bumgarner. In one game. Ugh, dude, I, next... lo- I love the Bumgarner kind of experience in the postseason, but I, ooh, I don't know. We'll have to see. And it doesn't even have anything to do with the Dodger-Giants rivalry. He does have the Bulldog mentality, though. I will give you that for sure. And he is surprisingly only 30. Oh, what? Dude, I feel like he's, like, been in the league for 75 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, real quick, uh, I guess my guy would be Chapman. They need to avoid him at all costs. His fastball velocity is dipping dangerously low. Don't get me wrong, he still throws absolute gas. He's pumping shed, but he's, he's just got Jansen 2.0 written all over him, and I think they need to avoid that dude at all costs. Did you know Zach Wheeler is 30 years old? How are him and Bumgarner the same age? And how is Strasburg only a month younger than Kershaw? This is weird. And Garrett Cole's younger than all of them. <laughs> He's more expensive than all of them, too. Oh, yeah. Well, in case you didn't know, Wheeler missed two whole seasons because of some type of Tommy John or soldier, so, ah, shoulder surgery. So that was kind of why he might feel younger than he actually is. Hey, whatever works, man. I'll take a 28-year-old, 30-year-old. I would say for position players, avoid J.D. Martinez if he opts out. I think he's a trap. Well, they can't they, – they wouldn't play him in the field either. Anyway, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, no, he, that, that's the most un-Dodgers thing. That's, that's the one thing I'll say with all certainty. I, we for sure would not do that. We, have we the <laughs> Dodgers, would for sure not do that. I don't know. J.D. Martinez might be a better fielder than A.J. Pollock. Hot take. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you on that at all. I think the biggest goal for the Dodgers this offseason for getting someone off the team is they got to find someone to take on A.J. Pollock. Dude, I dream and hope that that would happen. That's like, that's like the kind of thing where like I have a dream that it happens and then I wake up and I'm really sad that it didn't. Like, man, I wish. I really wish. That would I would say there's a 1% chance of that happening and that I, I don't think they're going to try to trade him. I think they believe in him. I think <laughs> – I, I I just don't see them trying to trade it. I mean, unless the Reds are trying to do another salary dump <laughs> and give us two good prospects trade. Yeah, they're contenders again, so you never know. Anyways, once the hot stove starts to heat up, my Mookie Betts trade scenario is going to be something like this. Dodgers acquire Mookie Betts and Eovaldi, and we're going to trade them Dustin May, J.D. Peters, A.J. Hey, Pollock. DJ. Sorry, DJ Peters, AJ Pollock, and one of our catchers not named Kybert Ruiz. Are you trying to lose the World Series? Dustin May, I don't think he's as good as people think he is. I think his I think he's a number. Dustin May could be better than Walker Bueller. Bro, I'm telling you, Dustin May's finishing top 10 in Cy Young next season. I mean, that's my hot take. I don't know about next season, but. (laughs) Oh, no. I believe it. I I really, I have a lot of faith in this kid. I'm completely sold on him. I've not been impressed with this swing and miss stuff so far in his career. He's got to get a lot better. Otherwise, he's just going to be the next um, 
I don't have a comparison at the moment. Sorry. Um, shoot. Who would be the next Noah Syndergaard? That's who I was thinking of. Dude, I will take the current Noah Syndergaard right now. I, I don't like his peripherals. He gives up too many walks and contact. All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about? World Series? Are we good? Uh, the Washington Nationals are a team of destiny. They are so going to win the World Series. And I will say it's a consolation. You know, hey, at least we look like a baseball team against them. At least we look like we belong there. Yeah, sure. I, you know, it's it sucks. Uh, you know, the Dodgers had the Nationals beat, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, but if anyone was going to win the World Series, I wanted it to be them. I'm hoping they can win two more here and send the Astros packing. Uh, you know, the Astros organization just gets less easier and easier to not like. And, oh, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, they fired their G, their assistant GM today after that controversy, but you know, it's, they're just a, not a very likable organization as a whole. They're, them and the Cubs are one and the same to me. Yeah. You know, I like, I like Altuve. I like Bregman Springer's talented, but the organization, I just don't like. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And the fans, just kidding. Some fans are cool, but you know, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You guys. You guys are funny dudes. Give no, me but I, I agree. I agree with <laughs> you. And I'll put my name to it. At the real D Rose does not like most Astros fans. <laughs> I'll say most. Okay, there we go. That sounds good. For sure. For all you Laker fans out there, the Lakers are 0-1. They fell to the Los Angeles Clippers in what I would consider a pretty shocking upset considering Paul George didn't play. I was very disappointed with the tempo and the rebounding and the defense overall. Hopefully the team gets better moving forward because there's high expectations. Looking at you, LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> um, that game, uh, yeah, Paul George didn't play. And, of course, I believe the L.A. Clippers are destined to win the championship this year. I have a wild hot take, and this is where I'm about to look like I don't know anything about basketball and should probably just shut up. Um, I think the Clippers go 69-13 and 13 this season and route to the number one seed and route to the NBA Finals and route to their first championship. Kawhi Leonard will get his third ring with a third team. Um, the, but yeah, the, the Lakers were missing Kyle Kuzma, and I think that is a big deal. Uh, he's, in my opinion, the clear number three uh, behind LeBron and AD. Let me revise that, AD and LeBron. Um, but I think in that game, there was a lot to be encouraged by. Um, definitely not KCP, I can tell you. That's not encouraging at all. But um, Anthony Davis, uh, I believe he proved in that game, what we already know, that he is the best player on the Lakers, and he should be the number one option. Danny Green looks like a great fit for this team. Uh, three and D kind of guy. I love Danny Green. I thought he was the underrated little pickup by uh, Toronto last season. Uh, but, yeah, um, Clippers are going to be a tough, tough matchup every season or every game this season. They're going to be, they're going to be the thorn in the Lakers side. So far, it looks that way. Lakers got to get better, especially on defense. That's what I'm going to continue to preach all season. KCP oh. can only get better. Pretty bad signing. We, as David pointed out to me, he's part of that clutch team or whatever. So yep. Rich Paul, LeBron. That's right, Rich Paul. Yeah. Um, Troy Daniels got to get better. Quinn Cook got to make some open threes when you get the chance. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. I didn't really like what I saw from them. It's going to be an interesting Lakers season. We'll talk more about that. But of course, thank you for listening to The Incline, where we keep you in the loop. All things Dodgers and LA sports. Any closing thoughts? Sign Will Smith.
Maybe sign Garrett Cole. If you don't, sign Zach Wheeler. But mostly just sign Will Smith. Please, Dodgers, sign Will Smith. Giants closer, Will Smith. We'll have a free agent. the worst team in hockey. Sorry, What's LA that? Sports. They might just be the worst team in hockey. LA Kings? Yeah, sadly. I wish I knew a thing about hockey, but I don't. <laughs> Well, we'll have a free agency show for you guys soon once the World Series concludes and the hot stove turns those burners on. I'm Kevin Klein. Thank you all for listening to The Incline. Have a great weekend. I need your arms around me. I need to feel your touch. to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.